Welcome to the Sub Pop Cult Podcast. I'm your host, Michael McGruther. In C.S. Lewis' Christian Apologetics book, Mere Christianity, he observed the best way to become a Christian is to, quote, forget about yourself altogether, unquote. What he means is to give yourself up so that you may be filled with the truth that comes from the knowledge that has been shared and handed down to you through faith. From the word of the Lord, which has been shared and read, pondered, discussed, disseminated by your fellow citizens, by your fellow human beings, who have all encountered a mystery beyond total human understanding, and therefore the advice is to stay small, stay open, stay available to the possibilities that you may acquire more knowledge by giving up yourself. And by doing so, you will bring yourself, ironically, closer to where you need to be by helping the other. C.S. Lewis was a Christian apologetics master, and Mere Christianity was a book that came out at a time when the world was very dark and lost its way. So in this episode of Sub Pop Cult, I'm going to give a shot at American apologetics, simply explaining the American way of life and clearing up some of the differences that we have so that people understand the similarity between the method. The way to be a great American is, ironically, to forget about yourself. How does forgetting about the self restore American culture? It's pretty simple, because everything about American culture has recently been centered around self-service. The perversion of the American dream which was never intended to be a story about going from rags to total riches to total domination of your fellow man, but it was all about the story of going from nothing to something. It actually coincides and parallels real life. You're born a nothing, and you become a something, filled with knowledge, experience, love, truth, light. Hard times, good times, all of it makes up your personal story. And your personal story can be perverted if you are wrongly convinced that the thing you need to defend at all costs is yourself and its needs. Now those priorities are natural and those priorities are about survival. But in a modern society, like the United States of America, we had established long ago that our unifying culture, our unifying rally around personal liberty, was the thing that mattered and the thing that was had to be defended at all costs to preserve the ability, to preserve the option for Americans to be selfless at the same time as going about their business in pursuit of however they want to live life in pursuit of their happiness, in pursuit of the joy of building something from the ground up 
that becomes a valuable company or a valuable product or a valuable piece of information. It's all about taking care of each other, and it always has been. But through media, through storytelling, through bad examples hammered into our head for many decades, it's all about getting paid, having more than the other guy. It's the opposite of selflessness. It is extreme selfishness. And inspiring selfishness just so you can point to the system and say, see, this is what it inspires, is a complete lie. It's a complete fraud. It's a manipulation that came after a persuasion. And it's been seeded and planted in our culture for a long time by diabolical people who know damn well what they've done. And they've done it on purpose to destroy us. And you've heard me say this many times, but we, the free people of the United States of America, have the power to reverse this. It's going to take a wholesale adoption, a widespread embrace of selflessness in pursuit of preserving liberty. Identity politics has been one of the most successful ways to increase selfishness in the American people for the purpose of nailing them to that cross and saying, this is why your capitalistic system doesn't work. Human nature tells us that people are going to abuse power and wealth no matter what. It takes a very, very strong-willed person to avoid going down that path, to avoid becoming their worst self. With this in mind, the selflessness of American culture prior to identity politics, which is successful because it makes people violently defend their vices, violently defend something that they've been told they can't have because other Americans don't want them to have it or do it or be a part of something that is easily divisible against your fellow humans, your fellow Americans. Now, the selfless American society that I know wasn't one where everybody said, gee, let me give you everything that I have because you should have it and I shouldn't. That's a lie. That's what people want you to think is selflessness, but it's actually not. What it is is based on a Christian reality. You know, 10% is what tithe means. When you go to the church, you would tithe... You're suggested to tithe 10% of what you earn. And the reason is this comes from an ancient practice of communities sharing their resources. If I was an apple farmer, I would donate 10% of my apples to the community so that people could have them. Somebody else would donate 10% of their lumber, 10% of their dairy products. And this was enabling people to grow exponentially, by keeping the system going in a wholesome, good way that was good for all, and it enabled farmers, craftsmen, everyone, to grow and grow and grow and become more successful. That's not communism. That's caring for your community. Now, when the government uses all of its resources, and one of its resources happens to be Hollywood, 
when it uses all of its resources to cultivate in the people selfishness, part of it is so that it can come in and say, you're not caring about the community. And then that's where the storyline is born about community and groups and all these different camps of people that feel that they're not being cared for and they're not being represented. And why? Why is nothing happening right the right way? Because we Americans adopted the reality that selfishness is capitalism and I'm going to defend my ability to be so selfish and fuck you if you don't understand. And the other side is you're a fascist and you want to keep all the wealth and you don't want to help anyone and fuck you because you're a monster and this is why communism is necessary now. Those are absurd, ridiculous points that we've been led by the nose to and they're not at all reflective of what it's really like when American society is humming along. When American society and culture is humming along and things are going well, it goes a little bit like this. This land is your land, and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. As I went a-walking that ribbon of highway, and I saw above me that endless skyway, I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was a sounding this land was made for you and me there was a big high wall there that tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the back side it didn't say nothing this land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust cloud rolling. A voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, and this land is my land. California to the New York Island, from Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. The American spirit 
does not subjugate and dominate all people. The American spirit enables the discovery, the journey, the walk. It enables the liberty and the freedom to go about walking across this land and knowing it's your land and my land and that together we maintain its purpose, freedom. We maintain the reality that although there may be walls with signs that say keep out, there is nothing on the other side that is warning you of consequences. The American way of life is freedom. It is ignoring the sign that says keep out because nobody has the right to put it there. This doesn't mean that people can't have private property. This doesn't mean that security is necessary. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't have to lock your door. This doesn't mean that human nature disappears, but what it means is the American way of life and the American system is specifically about liberty existing beyond the wall that shouldn't be there in the first place. That wall is metaphorical. The wall along the southern border is real. And it's part of the reason that the story of America is becoming perverted. We've let them build a wall to separate ourselves from everyone else. But this wall is real. And this wall is a story device. And the disaster that always happens at the border is the most useful non-stop way to keep revisiting a problem that nobody wants to fix. Because this land is your land. And this land is my land. But by putting little hot button issues set up in physical spaces, they pervert the reality and they pervert the story so that the government can come in and be the mediator of liberty and be the one who know they don't do their job of protecting America from foreign invasion or establishing baseline rules that we all have agreed to and voted for. No, instead, they get involved in the narrative of America itself. The narrative that is only written by the people and their actions and the way they live their life. And to change it and disturb it, and mess it up, and put walls over here, and fake walls over there, is all an attempt to take away that magical space that is on the other side of the do not enter sign. Americans are kind people, and are generally very sincere. The sincerity reaches back to our ancestors, and to the people who founded this country who cultivated in the people, the citizens of the country, qualities that would maintain liberty. The cultivation going on now are qualities that will undo liberty and the desire to defend it, fight for it, and realize that it is the last thing that is precious on this earth.
Hamlin's Hotel There's a kid raising hell Somebody here is gonna ring his bell Ring his bell tonight Used to know the folks by name But now it's just a guessing game And oh, it's a crying shame It's a crying shame, all right But how about we get all dressed up Go out, get all messed up No doubt we'll all fess up this town, she's a requiem, shattered dreams and old regrets and things we'd all just sooner forget. Oh, oh, oh things we'd all sooner forget. Rumors fly at Ruby's diner, how she left it all behind her. With a note says he'll never find her She found her wings and learned to fly Oh, how he loved her so But he forgot to let her know One day she let him go Just gone and no goodbyes But how about we get all dressed up Go out, get all messed up No doubt we'll all fess up This town, she's a sad refrain Of old love letters sent in vain Of things that could but never became Oh, 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 things that could but never became In the back of the heart of this town There's a crack running part way down Where the cold wind keeps getting in and it tears it all, tears it all, and tears it all apart. In the backseat stealing kisses from somebody else's missus. Oh, I used all my wishes, wishing she were mine. One day and it won't be long I'll pack my bags and I'll be gone And let the ramblers and the vagabonds All move on down the line But how about we get all dressed up Go out, get all messed up No doubt we'll all fess up This town, she's a requiem Shattered dreams and old regrets And things we'd all just sooner forget Oh, oh, oh We'd all sooner forget.